0: We gather again this morning in joy to celebrate the second Sunday of Advent. Advent, as we know, is a season in the church corridor dedicated to the hopeful anticipation of the arrival or coming of Jesus. This Advent can be a commemoration of His coming as a baby 2,000 plus years ago, which culminates with Christmas or the second coming in glory that we hope and wait for, our salvation. During this period, as a young Christian, we were encouraged to engage in meditation, prayer, and scripture study that emphasizes hope, peace, love, and joy. From the first story in the Bible to the rest, we see narratives, poetry, prophecy, biographies and personal letters that inform our understanding of the advent of Jesus in unique ways. One such passage is what we heard from in the first reading today. The prophet Isaiah speaks of a messianic king who will manifest the characteristics of the great people of Israel up to David. It claims that life will spring forth from the injured stump of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. This reference is very important to Israel's history because of the many exiles they had experienced although the text specifically speaks of or imagines a new beginning for the monarchy of judah in this hopeful future the spirit of god will descend upon the ruler resulting in justice for the poor and glory of the lord as we hear in verse 4 of the text the text also speaks of the reordering of creation's priorities in verses 6 and 9 where life emerges from death and a return to the original harmony of paradise. The concrete expression of this new future is a person, a ruler on whom the spirit will rest, a human being who embodies what is best in the traditions of Israel. This ruler will be wise and understanding, powerful and effective in war, able to judge for the benefit of the poor and obedient to God. So glorious is the reign of this king that he is literally clothed in righteousness and faithfulness. As Christians, it is not hard to see ourselves as the nation ruled by this monarch, Jesus of Nazareth, the Jewish descendant of Jesse through David. A cross-comparison, though, between the expectations of the king described in our passage and the ministry of Jesus, reveals some strong differences. Jesus had a strong ministry and continues to minister graciously in the present through word, sacrament, and through works of mercy carried on by his faithful disciples. However, evil still flourishes in the world. The poor and meek remain afflicted. Predators continue to kill their prey and violence is still done on God's holy mountain. The earth is still very far from being full of the knowledge of the Lord. Christ's victory, therefore, falls short in human terms. It remains a hidden victory or an accomplished victory, which is disappointing at times. If you like pop music, Bruce Springsteen in his song, Listen to Believe, expresses this disappointment in song. Seen a man standing over a dead dog by a highway in a ditch. He's looking kidapuzzled, puzzled poking that dog with a stick, got his car door flung open. He is starting out on Highway 31, like if he stood there long enough, that dog would get up and learn. Struck me, kid, funny. Seemed kid, funny, sir, to me. Still, at the end of every hard day, people find some reason to believe. Now, Merilu loved Johnny with a love mean and true. She said, baby, I will work for you every day and bring my money home to you. One day he's up and left her, and ever since that, she waits at the end of the dark road for young Johnny to come back. Struck me kinder of funny, funnier indeed. How at the end of every hard-earned day, people find some reason to believe. Take a baby to the river. Kyle William, they called him. Wash the baby in the water, take away little Kyle's sin. In a whitewashed shotgun shack, an old man passes away. Take the body to the graveyard, over him they pray. Lord, won't you tell us? Tell us what does it mean? At the end of every hard and day, people find some reason to believe. Congregation gathers down by the riverside. Preacher starts with the Bible groom starts waiting for his bride congregation gone and the sun sets behind a willow weeping tree groom starts alone and watches 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 the river lash on so effortlessly wondering where can his baby be still at the end of every hard and day people find some reason to believe. Can we therefore conclude that Jesus was a failed Messiah? I would say no. But we need to agree that his ministry is still fundamentally incomplete. It is fundamentally incomplete mainly because we misunderstood the message and failed to see our role in it. We took it literally that when he comes things will change and decided that we are passive observers rather than active participants. The mess in the world is mostly of our own making, either by omission or by commission, through blatant disobedience, ignorance, or misinterpretation of scripture. This passage from today therefore reminds us Christians that we should still long for the messianic completion of creation, the so-called second coming or parousia. We therefore should not judge the Jews who have historically struggled to see Jesus and his ministry as messianic because we too are looking forward to its completion. Our waiting for the second coming, however, should be an active waiting. Since it will be a kingdom of justice, we must right now work for justice. It will be a kingdom of equality, so we must now work for the equality of all. A kingdom of harmony and peace, and so we should right now strive to live in harmony and in peace with one another it will be a kingdom of friendship so then right now we must try to become each other's true fled in the lord it will be a kingdom of brothers and sisters therefore we must right now start coming closer and closer to our neighbors doesn't matter where they come from or how they look like. This, in other words, means that we must reform our lives, for the kingdom of God is at heart. We are invited by this text to celebrate the ministry of Jesus in the past, and especially in the present, But also keep in mind the important place of intercession and work so that creation may arrive at its promised destiny as a place where peace, justice, and grace have the final word. Advent is about hopes and longings. We all yearn to be with people dear to us, and especially with Jesus, whose second coming we look forward to. This is because the world we live in is fractured and needs hearing and peace, a hearing and peace that only he can give. The delay of something much longed for can result in angst and pain, but when the desire is fulfilled, It is like we have accessed the tree of life, an oasis in the desert, something that allows us to feel refreshed and renewed. During the waiting and longing times, praying and pondering the wisdom of the Bible has at times helped me greatly as a person. Paul reminds us in the second reading that we had from Romans fifteen four to thirteen that whatever was written in the scriptures is for our instruction so that by, so that by their steadfastness and encouragement we may find hope. That is why I recommend the wisdom of our religious educators that I mentioned at the beginning that we read scripture texts that emphasize hope, peace, love, and joy. Some of our hope and desires might not be fulfilled right away. Some, in fact, might only be met through God when we die. Whatever our longing, we can trust in him knowing he loves us unceasingly and that one day we will be reunited with him, behold him as he truly is and praise him with thanksgiving. I conclude with the words of Paul that may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. God, our creator, you fulfill our deepest longings. We give you our hopes and our desires, asking you to grant them according to your wisdom and love through Jesus who comes. Amen.